Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. When it's time to get a new set of windows, a new door, you got to go with Pella. Why? Well, first of all, they can provide window and door solutions to literally any home and because the people are great. Steve, Clint, Brian, Vince, the whole gang, everybody's fantastic. And you know what else is fantastic? The peace of mind of knowing you're going to be working with Pella the entire time. Did you know? Did you realize, do you realize that when you work with some other window companies, all of a sudden questions pop up like, who's installing it? Well, no, you got to call that guy. You're going to have to call him and then you call him. Who's Well, who's going to pre-finish it? Well, that's someone totally different. You got to call them. Before you know it, you're working with like five different people. Ugh, it's a massive headache. You want the convenience and simplicity of working with one company, not three or four. That's Pella. Check them out on the web, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. All right, uh, on the podcast today, Bill Self. And uh, really, really good conversation with him. And, you know, as you as you grow up and mature and become an adult, and by an adult, I mean, you know, get married, have kids, start a career, that kind of stuff. But as you grow and mature and become an adult, you reflect on your life, and from time to time, you realize that, you know, there are a handful of people that have come into your life and have, you know, altered it in a good way, that are major influences, real game changers for you, really impactful. And Bill Self is absolutely one of those guys for me. And before I, I play my podcast chat with him, I kind of wanted to give a few thoughts on Coach Self and, and a little bit on my relationship with him. But I think first, I, I want to give a little background info on me and my journey to Kansas and my time there and meeting Coach Self and all that. So as most of you know, I played for KU for two years, 2003 to 2005. You know, Kansas was my dream school growing up. Kirk Heinrichs, my all-time favorite college basketball player. I read the book Floor Burns by Jared Hass. Loved it. I loved Kansas basketball. And you know, I can remember fairly early on in my junior year of high school, and keep in mind this is like 2001, the, the days before huddle and every game being online and all that digital stuff. During that time, you had to send VHS tapes out for people to see your games if they hadn't discovered you yet on the AAU scene. And so I remember sitting down with my high school coach, Jeff Smith, and we made a list of about 10, 12, 15 schools or so. And we put three of my best games on the tapes, sent them out. And, you know, of course, the first school on my list was Kansas. And, you know, I I didn't know what to expect in terms of an answer from some of these schools. Listen, I thought I was a good player. Uh, I thought I was good enough to play anywhere. But you never know. You, You never know. So I can vividly remember my high school coach coming into practice. It was a Saturday morning practice. And he and making a beeline for me. I mean, he he comes in and comes right at me. This is about two weeks after we sent the tapes out. Beeline right at me. 
He says, Nick, I just got off the phone with Kansas. They love you. I almost fell over. I almost fell over. So that's how the recruitment began. I was recruited by Roy Williams and Joe Holiday, one of their assistant coaches. He was kind of the, the lead assistant recruiting me. And, uh, you know, Roy Williams came to a practice at Lincoln Southeast High School, uh, came to some AAU games. Joe Holiday came to a bunch of my games, AAU and high school. I went on a few unofficial visits there, played pickup, went to a, a game. You know, and I, I was sold the first time I saw a game in outfield house. And I went to the Kansas-UCLA game in December of my junior year. So this would have been like 2002 probably. And I remember kind of looking at my dad. We're sitting right behind the bench. We're in Allen Fieldhouse. And I remember looking over at my dad during the jump ball. We kind of looked at each other like, oh, my God. this is, I could maybe play here? Like, oh, my God. This is incredible. And so what's interesting is, you know, no school recruited me harder than Kansas. But they ended up not offering me a scholarship. That's kind of weird, right? Now, they were always honest and upfront from, from the get-go. I remember Roy Williams, one of the first things he told me was, Nick, you don't need to be a five-star McDonald's All-American to play for me. It's one of the first things he told me. And at the end of uh, my, my summer AAU season of after my junior year, so heading into my senior year, I remember having a conversation with, with Coach Williams and, and Joe Holiday, and they said, listen, we have you as our sixth on our list of guards that we are recruiting. You are sixth. And we are going to take three guards in this class. You're sixth. We're taking three guards. The five other guards were J.R. Giddens, Jeremy Case, Shannon Brown, Marcus Dove, and Omar Wilkes. And then it was me. Now, J.R. Giddens and Jeremy Case, they committed – pretty early so they were already in and I remember you know talking to the coaches that coaching staff they told me okay listen depending on what Shannon Brown Marcus Dove and Omar Wilkes do if all those guys say no the scholarship is yours I said cool and so I waited and I waited and Shannon Brown goes to Michigan State I'm like okay and Marcus Dove goes to Oklahoma State I'm like okay and then Omar Wilkes son of Jamal Wilkes who ends up being a one of my best friends, he commits to Kansas. So I'm kind of like, oh, Omar. Crap. So now what, right? Well, right after that, Roy Williams and Joe Holiday called and, and said, listen, we don't have a scholarship for you, but you know we love you. We, you know we believe in you. We want you to come as a preferred walk-on if you're interested. So I, th- I, started, I thought about it, and I, I still went through the recruiting process and, and went through the, the season and all that stuff. But I kind of, throughout the whole time, I knew my, where my heart was. My heart was in Lawrence, Kansas. I, I just, you can't lie to your heart. You can't lie to yourself. So I can remember in late March of 2003, during the NCAA tournament, I think it was maybe after their Sweet 16 game or whatever, and I remember calling Joe Holiday and Roy Williams and saying, Yes, I'm in. I'm committing to being a preferred walk-on. I'm in. They were pumped. I was pumped. 
Well, about a week or so later, KU is heading to the Final Four, and the rumors are swirling about Roy Williams in North Carolina. And I'm nervous, really nervous. And I'll never forget coming home after school in April of 2003 and seeing on ESPN, Roy Williams is headed to North Carolina. I was devastated. Devastated. I mean, now what? Where was I going to go play college basketball? Like, what am I going to do? Could I go to North Carolina? Roy did offer me to go to North Carolina, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to North Carolina. Who's going to be the... you know? Who was going to be the next head coach at Kansas? Would they even want me? I was devastated. Devastated. And then, in late April, a man by the name of Bill Self gets the Kansas job. Now, I obviously knew who Coach Self was. He had a great team at Illinois. Darren Williams, D. Brown, Luther Head, Ball. I mean, great team, right? I knew he was a rising coach. So, Coach Self gets the job. But Coach Self, he, he didn't recruit me. He, he has never seen me play. So what's going to happen? And a few days after Coach Self gets a job, I get a call. And Coach Self wants to, wants to meet with me. So me, my mom, my dad, we drive to Lawrence, Kansas. And the whole time driving on I-29, I'm scared, right? Like Because keep in mind, I'm a walk-on. There's nothing contractually binding me to the university or the basketball program. I mean, Bill Self, if he wanted to, he could be like, Nick Bahi? Nah, 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 I'm not dealing with that. I mean, he could cut ties, and I'm dangling in the wind in like May of my senior year, which is a disaster to try to be a college basketball player. And then, so that's going on in my head. And then at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, do I want to play for this guy, right? Like, I don't, I don't. This guy's never seen me play. I don't know him. Does his style fit me? Do we mesh? Like, what's he like? All that stuff. And so I walked into to Bill Self's office, and I, I was nervous. I didn't know what to think. And there was, we had a 30-minute meeting about 17 years ago to the day. And he blew me away. He blew me away. Anyone that knows Coach Self knows how he is. He is charming. And he has a way of making you feel like a million bucks without being phony. There's nothing phony about Bill Self. And I vibed well with him. He said all the right things. He, you know, he told me, hey, I know about you. I, I, I still want you to come. And so I was sold. I'm in. So in a span of, you know, 10, 14 days, I went from a year and a half long recruiting process with Roy Williams and committing to him to now in one 30-minute meeting, I'm not going to play for Bill Self. It happened fast. So about a month later in June, I'm moving into the Jayhawk Towers and I'm, I'm a Jayhawk. I'm going to summer school and I'm playing for Bill Self. And the one thing I always really, really admired uh, about Coach Self was he treated me and coached me just like he did everyone else. He treated me just like he treated Aaron Miles, who was our two-year starting point guard stud. He treated me just like he treated J.R. Giddens, who I was in his, the freshman class with J.R., I mean, a five-star McDonald's All-American. Treated me just the same. 
He had never seen me play. I was a walk-on, and he coached and treated me the exact same. And I, I remember my very first individual workout in June was in the practice facility. And he, Coach Self came in, and we were working on some footwork shooting stuff. And Coach Self comes to my group, and he taught me what he calls a cheat step. It's just a, a different way of, of kind of planting your feet, getting squared, and shooting. And he worked with me and coached me hard for almost the whole workout. Like felt like he was specifically focused on me. I'm telling you, that stuff mattered to me right away given my situation. I didn't know if he was just going to, you know, d- dismiss me or anything, you know, whatever. Like, not even really like, what's your name again? White walk-on, you, go over there. There was none of that. There was never this, hey, you're just a walk-on or, or I didn't even recruit you, so I don't really care about you. None of that. He wrapped his armor, He wrapped his arms around me. He embraced me. And he coached me. And listen, he's a tough coach, man. Like, Bill Self, he'll get after your ass. Uh, he, he coaches you tough. He demands a lot out of you. The number one prevailing thing that is non-negotiable to play for Bill Self is you got to be tough. And when that's the case, he's going to demand a lot from you. So he, cha- I mean, it was every day challenging you. But I got to tell you, man, playing for him was, is incredible. And I mean, obviously, he, you don't have the kind of success he's had by accident. You don't win what 14 straight Big 12 titles, go to three Final Fours, and win a national title by accident. You aren't in the Basketball Hall of Fame by accident. Coach Shelf is special. And, you know, there were so many film sessions and locker room talks and practices and games where I just could, I knew in the moment, I'm like, Dan, this guy is special. Dan, this guy's good. Dan, that's a good, like, Dan, that's a good point. Dan, look at that drill. Oh, I've never thought of it like that. Oh, now I see what he's, now I get it. There's so many of those moments. And I would say that, you know, me and Coach Self had a great relationship when I played for him to the point where I slowly earned his trust. Like, and he started to believe in me as a player and to the point where he wasn't scared to throw me out there a little bit. For about a four or five game stretch in Big 12 play my freshman year, I was our backup point guard. I was Aaron Miles' backup point guard. Now, keep in mind, Aaron Miles basically never left the floor. You know, I was that guy that anybody that watched the basketball game, when it's getting close to that under-12 media timeout, you know, there's like 12.09 on the clock, like, hey, get Aaron a blow, I come in, right? But, I mean, we're in Big 12 play. We're playing Texas on Big Monday, Iowa State, Baylor. All, like, I'm in there. But ultimately, the season got deep into February and March, and he shortened that rotation, and I went back to the bench. And he used to do some cool stuff, man. He used to, when I was at the end of the bench, and I don't know if he, during games, he would kind of, you know, when coaches are patrolling the sidelines, he would he would kind of walk down to, it was me and Christian Moody and Steven Vincent, and he would like kneel down to to me or to whoever and, and say, hey, what are you seeing? What do you think? What are you seeing out there? Like he, in a game, 
go back, go down to me and say, Nick, what are you seeing? Thinking about going zone. What do you think? I mean, just little stuff like that. I'll never forget one of my one of my favorite stories was uh, Iowa State, my freshman year in Allen Fieldhouse. Game goes into overtime, and the place is rocking. And they were they were good. I mean, they had Curtis Stenson and Will Blaylock and Jake Sullivan and and Holman and Roman. they were good. We are in a battle, and it was one of those games that I played because that's when I was playing a little bit. I got in that game, and I got in in the second half late, and you know, coach coach self subs me in, and it's a free throw, and I'm in the game. Outfield, us, it's an afternoon game. The sun's shining through. It's just, it's incredible, and I'm I'm nervous. So during a free throw, right as I go, I mean, I would go over to coach self, and I'm I'm motor mouthed asking a million questions. Hey, are we trapping the post? Which guy are we are we helping off of? Next time offensively, do you want two get do you want two back in the way? And I'm just, you know, asking him a million questions. And he just looked at me. And anybody know he gave that little Bill Self smile. And he kind of just kind of tapped me in on the shoulder. He said, Hey, hey, bud, hey, bud. Go have fun. Go have fun. Just have fun. I mean, this is it's rocking in there. Big moment, Iowa State, Kansas, second half. Hey, bud, just hey, go have fun. And you know what? I was able to, like, just him saying that, I was like, Whew. Like, I just said, above everything else, I needed to relax, and he knew that. I just loved that little interaction with him. But heading in, so that was my freshman. Heading into my sophomore year, I, you know, I was – I played the best basketball of my life. I always tell people that. Like, the best basketball I ever played in my life was going into my sophomore year at Kansas. I had 31 in a scrimmage with refs. I mean, I was hooping. And he had talked about redshirting me. But in a meeting in his office right before the season started, he told me, he's, we had like a, a sit-down, hard heart. He's like, listen, Nick, I think you're going to, you know, I see you as your, the fifth or sixth guard. I think you could play anywhere from five to 15 minutes per game. But it's your call if you want a redshirt. It's up to you. I told him, no way. I mean, we were preseason number one. You know, Langford, Simeon, Air Miles, Mike Lee, those guys were all seniors. And I mean, he's telling me there's a chance I'm going to play five to 15 minutes a game. Ain't no way I'm redshirting. So the season starts, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting a ton of minutes early, which was a little discouraging. And then in December, Wayne Simeon, Gets hurt. He injures his thumb, which sidelined him about five to six weeks, which was a big blow for me because it caused Coach Self to have to change our offense a little bit, tweak it, because we were built to pound it into Wayne. You know, high-low, get get. we were just throw the ball into Wayne and get him touches, which suited me well because I was a good post-entry passer and, you know, I was a good three-point shooter. So if he came to double Wayne, I could shoot. But with Wayne out, we were now going to go to an offense that's more spread the floor, ball screens, you know, guards got to drive and create. Well, that's not my game. That's not my game. Russell Robinson and Jeff Hawkins are way better than me at that. So those guys completely moved ahead of me, and I'm the odd man out back at the end of the bench. So the season goes along, and I don't I don't play. I mean, I played more as a freshman, to be honest. And, you know, at the end of the season, 
I could feel I could I could feel that internal struggle in my mind and my heart. That desire to play, that desire to maybe transfer. And I I kind of hated that I was feeling like that. But you can't fight what's inside of you. You can't fight what's in your heart in the moment and you can't lie to yourself. And I, I remember sitting in the in my in my room at the Jayhawk Towers and and asking myself, if my career ends and I never played, never played consistently, wasn't a starter, wasn't a consistent rotation guy, if my career ends and I never played, will I be happy? Can I live with that? And the answer was no. And also, keep in mind, also at that time, I could also see we're bringing in Mario Chalmers. I knew we were maybe going to get in on Brandon Rush late. I saw the potential in Russell Robinson, who I think the world of. And I just knew I'm not as good as those guys. I just, I knew. I was like, those guys are better than me. Mario Chalmers is better than me. So you add all that up, and I made the decision to transfer. And I hated it. I I never wanted to leave. I hated it. You know, and that's just it. You know, most people, when they transfer, you would think, oh, you hated it there. Oh, you you didn't like the coach. No. I loved Kansas. I loved KU. I loved going to school there. I loved Bill Self. I loved playing for him. Leaving KU was one of the hardest decisions I have ever made. And what was maybe the hardest thing was, was going into his office and looking Coach Self in the eye and telling him that I wanted to, to transfer. It was awful. I hated it. And Coach Self didn't want me to leave. He he tried to get me to stay. But when I finally told him, you know, I was 100% sure that I I wanted to leave, he supported me. He helped me out. He he talked to Dana Altman, you know, and, and so I ultimately transferred, left Kansas, and transferred to Creighton. And for the vast majority of coaches, you would think that's where the relationship ends, right? I mean, hell, I transferred away from him. I left him. Most coaches would say, all right, good riddance, see you, next, bye. Nope. Not with a guy like like Coach Self. He stayed in touch with me. And he always, always, made me feel like I'm a part of the Kansas basketball program. Always. Hey, guys, quick break to talk to you guys about Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to make sure that you guys understand that Pella Windows of Omaha and Lincoln, they're following CDC guidelines uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential customer's home. And all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days if uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha-Lincoln area. Bottom line, 
they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home, and you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella, so you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Back to my podcast chat with Bill Self. When, when KU would come play at Nebraska while I was playing basketball at Creighton, if the schedule worked, I'd go to the games. I'd, I'd go to the game. Like, I'd, I'd drive to Lincoln and I'd go to the game. And Coach Self would, would make sure that I, I came down and would come into their road locker room to see him and the other coaches and players after the game. Think about that. I mean, I'm a current Creighton player. That transferred away from Kansas at a Kansas-Nebraska game, and he would wave to me in the crowd before the game and would have me come back and see him and the guys after the game. Even in 2008, so this is my senior year at Creighton, Kansas came to Omaha for their first round of the NCAA tournament. Now, I'm playing in the NIT at the time. Like, we're playing Rhode Island on, like, a Monday or Tuesday, and Kansas plays on, like, Thursday or something like that. But I get in touch with one of my old – I think Jeremy Case, and who, who was on that team, and Coach Self wants me to come to the team hotel and see the team. So I, I came to the team hotel. I came to the team meeting. Coach Self had me get up in front of the team. I did an impression of Coach Self in front of the eventual national champs. That was the eventual national champs. That was Sharon and Mario and Darrell Arthur. That was that crew. And I sat in on their film session. Again, I'm a current Creighton guard who transferred away from Kansas, away from Bill Self. And he still made me feel like I was a part of the program. You know, and since that point, I've had a few opportunities with, you know, whether it's local broadcasts or the Jayhawk Network or ESPN Plus broadcasts to call a few Kansas games over the last couple of years. I called two games of theirs uh, two years ago. And when I walk into shoot around, Coach Self lights up and makes me feel like a million bucks. And... When Coach Self got inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame, he invited all his former players. And who got an invite? Me. Me. I couldn't believe it. And I know this is kind of weird, but Gary Bedore, longtime beat writer, Kansas beat writer, he's now at the Kansas City Star. He interviewed me in, Mass- in, in Massachusetts before the ceremony. And I just want to read you my quotes in that story because I kind of put it well. So here, this is some quotes of mine in the Kansas City Star. 
So about getting an invitation, I said, quote, I almost wanted to get back to him right away and say, are you sure you, you didn't want to send this to someone else? I go on to say, there are guys here who play for Coach Self at Kansas, Oral Roberts, Illinois, Tulsa, and Oklahoma State. I've got to be the only guy here that transferred away from Bill Self. It goes to show you what kind of a guy he is. He invited me here, and I transferred. He could have shut the door on me twice. When Roy Williams left, he didn't have to continue to open the door for me, but he did. He always made me feel part of Kansas basketball. To be here is amazing. And I went on to say that I want to reflect on Bill Self, the person, more so than the coach. Everyone knows about his accomplishments, the Big 12 title streak, the the Final Fours, the National Championship. For me, it's Bill Self and what a great person he is. I really do feel honored to be here. That was from the heart. And lastly, to illustrate how good of a guy Bill Self is. Do this without getting emotional, man. So in in, uh, 2016, I had some major health issues. Major health issues. I had two strokes in my cerebellum. And I had a tumor in my thymus gland, which is kind of right at the top of your sternum. Had a tumor in my thymus gland that I needed surgery on to remove that we weren't sure if it was cancer. And I made the announcement that I was having health problems on my radio show at the time in Omaha in 1620. That I was going to be leaving the show for a little bit, that I was in my health problems, then I was having surgery. The very first phone call I got, the very first one was from Bill Self. And that voicemail meant so much to me that I've saved that voicemail. And I debated doing this. I called my parents and asked them, should I do this or not? Like I, I, de- I debated doing this, but I, here it is. I, I've saved it. And the, I'm, the only reason I'm playing this is just for you guys to understand how good of a guy this dude is. Here is the the first voicemail that Bill Self left me. Uh, This was before my surgery, right when he got the news about uh, some of my health issues. Uh, Here is that voicemail. Hey, Nick. Hey, hey, uh, uh, played Oklahoma State last night. After the game, we got Aaron Miles. We got Omar Wilkes in the office and, of course, telling stories about how you were the second best dancer on that team behind, uh, distant second behind Omar and everything. And I get a text today from Reed Forgrave saying that you're going through some health issues, bud. And, uh, uh, I don't know what they are. I think you're having exploratory stuff done based on the text. And hey, I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you. Uh, I only coached you for a year. Nobody I respect more. I think you're just a total stud. And, and uh, just want to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about you. And, Praying for you and, and just uh, hang in there, stay positive. I know you will. That's the only way you know how to be. So uh, uh, I look forward. Don't worry about getting back with me, but I'll look forward to to uh, uh, hearing how it goes and, and, and certainly hoping for the best. Okay, buds. All right, man. And I, and and, and uh, Coach Roberts is here as well, and so is Coach Townsend. We all send the same message. 
Okay, good. Talk to you later. And then, right after my surgery, he called me and left me another voicemail. This was like uh, three day, two or three days after my surgery. Bill Self called me and left me another voicemail. Uh, I have saved that voicemail, obviously. Here is Bill Self's voicemail, voicemail to me uh, three days after my surgery. Nick, Coach Self calling. It's about 9.15 on Friday morning. Uh, don't expect a call back or anything. I just called to check on you, see how you're doing, how you're feeling. Uh, I know this has been a, a very uh, tough week, uh, traumatic, but also probably just sore and everything else that goes along with surgery. So uh, thinking of you, bud, hope you're doing as well as you can be, uh, uh, praying for good news. And, and uh, uh, if you feel up to it, I'm always here to visit. Okay, man. Take care. Bye-bye. That's really emotional for me to, to listen to again. Cause when, you know, when you're going through something serious in life, you know, I'm sitting there. I mean, I, I didn't know, I didn't know if I had cancer. I didn't know. I mean, I, my daughter had just been born not even a month prior to that. Uh, I, I, you know, you, you, you find out a lot about yourself and about, you know, your circle of people and, 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 Phone calls and voicemails like that mean the world. They 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 mean the world to the point where here I am four years later. I still have those voicemails. I've saved them, and they they those those voicemails mean a ton, especially from someone I love and respect as much as as Coach Self. That's just who he is. Again, I only played for the guy for two years. I transferred away from him, and this guy still cares about me as a person. And so I I can't believe I can't believe I got I was so lucky to play for him. I can't uh, tell you how proud I am to call him a friend and uh, someone that I admire and look up to big time. So there you go. I could tell you a bunch more stories and and good stuff about Coach Self, but enough of me, right? Let's get to let's get to him. Enough of me. Let's get to the man himself. Let's get to him, huh? Here is my podcast chat with the Hall of Famer, Kansas head coach, Bill Self. Well, he's Bill Self. Uh, he needs no introduction. Uh, and he is he is social distancing and quarantining in Lawrence, Kansas right now. I guess, Coach, we'll, we'll start with this. You coached me, so you knew my game. You were around me every day for two years, so you got to know me as a person. Level of surprise that my career has been talking about basketball as opposed to actually playing basketball. Uh, no, there, there's absolutely no surprise. <laughs> Who, whoever predicted that in sixth grade, I think, was right. Uh, uh, right on the money on that. But but I will I will say this, Nick, uh, uh, and, and I say this with all sincerity: uh, very few players could impact a program uh, uh, the way that you did positively for us when you didn't get a chance to really play uh, right. uh, uh, because we obviously had some guys yes. and, and, and uh, but if you just stuck around, you would have played. And, but, but, you know, you, you obviously made a good, good choice and, and to go to uh, play for Dana yeah. and the Blue Jays, but you, you were really, you, you got, you got, you got something about you that, that certainly was a huge addition to us. And so 
naturally, even though I was happy for you, none of us wanted to see you leave. I hated it too, Coach. Like I, and that's why I always, I always hesitate to paint tr- all transfers with a broad brush because every situation is different. Now, some people transfer transfer for terrible reasons. I, I, I loved you. I loved Kansas. I didn't want to leave. But I remember when Mario Chalmers came on his visit, I said, that guy's pretty good. <laughs> and, you know, we had had a year of Russell Robinson. And I was like, that cat's pretty good. I knew we were recruiting Brandon Rush. I was like, that guy's really good. I, I, I just, it hit a point, man, where I, I remember sitting in the Jayhawk Towers and I felt like, you know, if my career were, were to end and I never really got a chance to play, would I be happy and I just couldn't. I couldn't lie to myself, you know. And th- and it was it was hard though. Well, the, well, the m- majority of, of of the of the players out there, or let's just say uh, college athletes in general, were in your boat and not the other. They yeah. were in your boat saying, "Well, you know, I, I, I'm going to be a four year guy. I I, I got to get my degree. Uh, uh, I want to be a part of something that's bigger than myself." Uh, but I also just want to, you know, with all the work, time and work and effort that goes into it, I, di- I just want to be able to play. Yeah. I just want to be able to contribute. And so you're exactly right on the transfer stuff. So, so many, t- so many kids in today's time transfer because, uh, uh, you know, the coach got onto them or he pitched <laughs> them or, or, uh, uh, you know, somebody else is being recruited, this, this, and this, uh, uh, maybe they feel like they should be promised something. Uh, uh, when when the reality is the probably the majority do it because it's just a better situation for them uh, uh, when when everything's been well thought out and and, and that's what you did I mean I, I, the, the, one of your one of your best buddies as you know is is a guy that's on staff with me Jeremy Case yep Jeremy Case was just good enough to be our fifth guard right every year and right. the fifth guard plays limited minutes and and. Uh, uh, so if you're going to play, you're going to play four perimeter players a lot, and the fifth one may get a little bit of burn, and 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 he was that. But in Jeremy's case, you know, it, it, it's turned out good because he's part of a national champion. That's going to be part of his legacy. It got him into coaching. Uh, uh, you know, he's he's here with us, and so. But certainly, I, I see it both ways uh, yeah. when you talk about transfers. Yeah, I mean, because I remember, you know, before I left, you and I were talking about redshirting me. There was I was maybe going to redshirt as a sophomore or later on down the road. So it was it, it was always interesting to me. I remember watching the Memphis game, and I thought, man, if I'd have redshirted, you'd <laughs> been on that team. I'd have been on that you'd team, been. you know. And yeah. while I was cheering my heart out for you guys, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy that I could have that 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 could have been could have been me. But you know, it's just it's funny how things work out. I mean, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I got an opportunity to, to be a team captain and start every game as a senior at Creighton. And, uh, and, and yeah, so, I mean, I think it sounds like in, in talking about this, like, do, how, where do you land on the first, the, the immediate eligibility for the first time transfers? Because that's a, the devil's in the details with that. And while we're sitting here saying, yeah, a lot of the guys transfer for the right reasons, yeah, this it, also opens up. It's still a terrible up. rule, even if they transfer for the right reasons. Yes. It, it's a terrible rule. It, it's uh, uh, the change where kids can be eligible immediately. You know, I, I know I, I, I'm, I'm in the, uh, the vast majority on this as, as all coaches. It's, it's setting up, uh, uh, you know, Wild Wild West free agency. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, why, why do you need to go out and recruit a high school kid when you can just wait and recruit a college kid with some experience? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, I, could, I could be wrong about this because I don't know details, but, you know, how, how fantastic it has, has, has your, your, uh, uh, your ex-program done here in Omaha. 
Yes. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and, and you do that, and, and then you have kids that are still transferring and, and, and believing that they could be eligible immediately. The grad transfer rule I thought was a bad rule where mm-hmm. they could be eligible immediately. Now there's talk that a kid could transfer and be eligible immediately as an undergrad, and if they graduate, they can transfer and be eligible immediately too. So, so you know, theoretically, a guy could play for three different schools yeah. and never set out. But, but I, I think it's a bad rule. I think it's going to create more – animosity amongst our sports uh uh i'm not sure the statistics say it hurts graduation rate i'm not sure transferring hurts as much as what some people think it does but but i do believe this if if you if you it's not a penalty if you choose to go to another school you just set out a year it should be that way with everybody and 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 people can say well there are exceptions and, and and yes there are but but you can't have exceptions for everybody where do you draw the line i know it's it it's you know, everybody keeps stretching, stretching it, stretching it, and, and and the box keeps expanding and expanding. And 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 if you have somebody maybe not be 100% occupant, uh, uh, honest with the document that kid can play, where other kids that are that are totally honest with their documents, maybe they don't get a chance to. Uh, uh, it, it it forces you to. It, it doesn't force you, but it puts you in a in a in a in a, in a situation where maybe integrity could be a little compromised no doubt. And, and things like that. So, so, you know, now the whole deal is, okay, well, let's just make them eligible immediately. Right. And, and now you're going to look at, there's going to be 2,500 to 3000 kids transferring every year, right? Just, just in our sports. And, 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 and where do you draw the line? Okay. What's the drop dead date when you can transfer? Can you transfer the first day before classes? Can you, can you just leave universities and, and programs, leave them high, you know, high and dry because somebody else on another team transferred and a scholarship became open. So we're just going to go steal this guy so he can transfer and, and, and fill that void. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's 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 going to be different. It's not going to be positive. I I, I can't see, I can't. I, I think there's cases where it could be positive. Don't sure. get me wrong. Yeah. But 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 as a whole, as our sport, I, I don't think it's good. They, they go from the NCAA goes from. Well, do we even need to really make freshmen eligible? You know, you know, <laughs> yeah. there wasn't. It wasn't long ago. No, I mean, relatively speaking, memory, we were talking about freshman ineligibility and setting out a year would be good for you. Right. And now it's like, are you kidding me? Right. Now you can just leave and never said i mean well it's it, it contradicts itself so much in, yes. in what we think is important what about apr yeah what, what what about apr where so if a kid is eligible but he's not but 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 he doesn't have the a 2.6 or whatever so if he transferred they got to adjust that because now there could be schools not competing in the ncaa tournament because of this rule uh uh th- there's a lot of things can go that that certainly uh uh, and, and everybody says, well, coaches can be free to go and that kind of stuff. Yeah, coaches can be, you know, uh, uh, be free to go. You, you think there's a, a, a lot of coaches moving within our profession each year? You know, one, one of our one of our buddies, yeah. you know, just got let go of Wake Forest yesterday. You yep. think that was his choice? Right. Uh, uh, there's always going to be exceptions to every rule that doesn't make it a cookie cutter deal where it says, well, if he can do this, we should be able to do that. I totally agree. But as a whole, over time, I just can't see the positive, the positives on this. Yeah, I just think you know, with the future of of our sport, like we got to think about continuity, and then we got to think about being more inclusive rather than exclusive. And whatever that all looks like, whether that you know, in the in the early stages, we put up a you know, you know, you know Jay Billis is you know he's he has a lot of interesting thoughts on this. Of a, you know, we just put up roadblocks and barriers for a lot of kids, and that's a challenge. 
Uh, but I'm totally with you. I, I just I, I get the spirit of what they're saying, but I think the actual practical application of making transfers immediately eligible is going to create a, a ridiculous amount of issues in the sport. Well, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a situation. I mean, first of all, and, and you've been around me, not saying that I'm any good at all. And you've been around Dana, who's obviously terrific. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, but you can't coach guys. If you feel like that, you can't piss them off. Yes. Right. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, what, what, what is the world coming to? Okay. I, I, I can't get on you because I can't get on you in the summer because you're being a, 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 a irresponsible and you're not working and, and, and you won't, you miss uh, 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 three classes in a row and I bust your butt. And now all of a sudden I can't do that because you just take your ball and go home. Yeah. Uh, 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 I, I, you know, so, you know, to me, you, you want to be in a situation and environment where you're able to actually coach your guys. Yes. And, and, and there's a big difference between, uh, 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 I'm not saying ride them all the time. I'm not, that's not coaching, but also tell them how great they are all the time. Isn't coaching either. Uh, uh, you, you got to find that fine line where you are able to motivate, get the most out of them. And sometimes operating with, with, with a, with a sense of urgency because of the consequences that could occur if you don't is positive yeah. sometimes, sometimes right. it may not be it. And now coaches be, Oh, I can't, I can't piss him off. Jeez. He's, he's got <laughs> options. You know, that school back home that, 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 you know, I know they're holding a scholarship for him. There's, there's people, you know, as AAU coaches told me this or whatever. And, and it's like going, you know, it's just not going to be fair. So think about this, a, a, a football guy, you're getting ready to start two a days. If they pass this rule and it goes into effect now, it, does that mean that if it goes into effect now, that means the kids that transfer now would be eligible immediately. What about, we don't even know what the COVID-19, we don't know when school will start. We don't know when our season will start. Let's just say in August, you know, five players off a particular team just say, you know what? I'm deciding to transfer and, 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 and the impact that could have uh, on a, on a university is, is obviously great. Whereas I, I believe it's okay to transfer. It's mm -hmm. okay. But just set, just set out a year. Right. I mean, uh, uh, I don't see the big deal about that at all. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I, you know, you bring up like coaching kids and all that now, cause there's always been this, there's, this narrative that's been around for forever of, you know, kids these days have changed. Kids are soft. Do you find that to be true? Like, have you had to evolve how you coach because the kids have changed? Because I remember being at your shoot-around doing your exhibition game last year, and it was like a blast from the past. It felt the same. How you were talking to the guys felt the same. Like, do you feel like you've had to evolve? No, uh, uh, yes, but yes, yes. But I also believe that uh, uh, you can evolve and not compromise your principles, too. Sure. Uh, 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 you know, there, there, there is a, uh, I, I, I'm a big believer and, and, and you know, this and, 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 and most coaches are, but there, there's, you know, it's okay to screw up, you know, it's it, but, but to, to, to screw up because of effort to screw up because of concentration, to screw up because of, uh, of attention to detail, you know, th those are things that, that you can't do. And, and so certainly with me, I, I, I think that, I, I believe this. If you were to ask me uh, when, whenever you left, did I let you settle or did I let any player settle? And that guy would say, or the player told me, coach, why'd you let me settle? That that would be the biggest punch in the gut a, a player could ever tell a coach. Mm. Our, our, our job is to make you even 
believe that you're better than what you even think they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 to, you know, if you're six two, you feel like you're six four when you leave. If if you can if you can bench press two hundred, you walk out of there thinking you're the strongest man in the room. I right. mean, that that that's what we do. But to do to get there, you got to go through some ups and downs and and things like that. And so I I I, I think that. Uh, you can you can uh, you can approach it differently. You can get on guys differently. You can certainly uh, some guys can be embarrassed in a group. Some guys can't. Some guys you need one on one stuff. Some guys need other things. We all understand that, but still, it doesn't compromise this. Hey, th- this is how we do things. This is our culture, and anything less than this is uh, unacceptable. I, I still think kids are good. I, I still think I still think kids want to be good. I still think they that they, they, they want to work. I still think that. I, I think the people surrounding the kids. I.e. parents, yeah. including myself and my wife. I think we've created an environment where we want it to be as easy for them as possible. So that that automatically puts in their mind that, that this isn't really how it's done in the real world. This isn't how we do it. Whereas, no, this is how you succeed. This is how you make it. And, and, and we just don't know that yet. Have you found over your career, from Oral Roberts to Tulsa to Illinois to Kansas, is it harder to build a program up? Or maintain it, maintain the level of success, because boy, have you created a monster in yeah. Lawrence. Well, I, 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 well, first of all, I had I didn't create it here. I think Nate Smith and Bob Allen and them created it here, so it, it, it's existed here forever. But, 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 uh, uh, I say it's harder to maintain, and it's much more fun to build. Okay, to be real honest with you, you know, hey, there, there, you know, I lost, we lost eighteen in a row at Oral Roberts. And, and to see, you know, going from 18 losses in a row to winning 31 of our last 38, we beat teams coming off, two teams coming off final fours and, 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 and things like that there at the end. No, that was fun. Yeah. That, that, that was fun. Here, here, and, and it's going to get this way at Creighton too. Yeah. Here, here, it's, it's almost like a relief. Oh, we we, <laughs> right. we got to win because we're supposed to win. Sure. You know, so you go into it in, in a home locker room, and you know this, doesn't feel anything like a road locker room. No, uh, a, a win at home is like okay, all right, good job, guys. Okay, what time are we practicing tomorrow? All right, good job. Hey, hey, <laughs> hang in there now. Go get some rest. All right, all right. And, and, and unless it's a special win, and on the road, you beat a team that you're equal on the road. It's like everybody's dancing in the locker room and and, and that kind of stuff. So, so uh, you know, to your point. I, I really think building is 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 a is a more fun way to go, but it, it takes so much damn energy. Oh man, to, to build it, it, it really does. It takes it takes a lot of energy. Lots of people coaching my that are in my kind of like podcast listening audience are obviously Nebraska fans, and they got some new head coaches with Scott Frost and Fred Hoiberg. And I know you've battled with Coach Hoiberg a lot at Iowa State. Like, I want you to expand on building it up. Like, what do you believe are the keys to taking over a program and building it up? Well, first of all, you know, you, you can't have two better hires. Yeah. Period. I mean, I mean, from 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 a enthusiasm, from from a, a experience, you know, been there, done it. I mean, I, and both of them. I, I'm a I, I don't know Scott well, but I've met him and, and talked to him. And and I'm such a fan from afar, even though people probably thought it would be easier than what it is. Football's mm-hmm. different. I mean, a football one recruiting class may get you in a position where they you can be really good by their junior year. Uh, uh, where basketball is, is different, you know, it can happen faster, but, but I, I, I think that the thing that, that, that you got to do, and, and, and this is easier said than done, you have to be patient. Uh, uh, you can't, you, there's no, there's no quick fixes. Uh, 
you know, you're building a foundation, even if the success on the quarter field maybe doesn't look like it uh, initially, because without the foundation, you can never really progress anyway. And, and you, you, you know, in, in basketball, you, you gotta, you gotta get one or two guys that you feel like can, can be a best player on other big 10 teams. Yeah, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, you got to have players that you can hang your hat on and, and Fred will do that. And he'll do it either through high school ranks, Juco, but, you know, obviously transfers, you know, nobody's better at it than, than, than him when it comes to that route. And that's one reason why they were so good at, at Iowa state. Uh, uh, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that you, you can't get impatient and certainly the players can't get impatient. And I, I, I actually believe you know, recruiting young kids early on when you're not very good uh, or not 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 projected to be very good is the way to go because the the older kids aren't going to be able to turn it for you, yeah. and the young kids may be able to be a part of the foundation by the time they're juniors and seniors. Uh, uh, I.e., Sasha Darnell Russell. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, let's just call it like it is. Those guys were nice players but they weren't guys that everybody was beating the door down for. Right. Uh, uh, but they come and can't really play much as freshmen. And by the time they're juniors uh, uh, or sophomores, they're pretty damn good. And the seniors, everybody talks about, everybody talked about our young kids that were our most talented, but those seniors were the foundation uh, and certainly why we won it in a way. Yeah. I would, you know, you've had some fun. I've loved watching. You've been watching old games and you, and you break them down it makes me remember the old film sessions, and it's been great. I mean, watching that Memphis game, I was blown away at the physicality of the game, but also just how good. I, I thought your big guys against Memphis, in particular Shady, Darrell Shady. Arthur, was Shady. incredible. He's, he's the best player in the game. Yes. In 20 and 10, he's the best player in the game. And, and uh, yeah, but, 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 uh, you know, that was a perfect team uh, at, at, at uh, our level. And I'm sure Creighton's going through this too. Hey, let your foundation be, be uh, uh, the older guys, but you know, hopefully your best players are probably and your most talented guys are probably your young kids. And and that's kind of what that was with Sharon and Shady, our two most talented guys. And, and, but still yet we had all those rocks around them. Right. How, how has it been being quarantined for, for someone like you that is used to coaching and traveling, recruiting? Because I'm sure there are times where you're getting on a flight or you're just dead tired driving to the office and you're like, man, you know what I'd love? I'd love two days to just sit on my couch and relax. Well, that sounds good, but after you do it for a couple of days, you kind of go crazy. Like, have you enjoyed this break or do you kind of miss all that more than ever? No, no, I miss it. I, 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 miss, uh, I miss going into the office. Uh, I don't miss recruiting much uh, yeah. at all, uh, or I don't miss getting on planes or anything like that. But I miss going to the office. I, I miss I miss missing my staff. I miss my uh, 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 administrative help. Uh, certainly, uh, miss Joni. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've only seen Joni uh, uh, twice since the quarantine. And, and as you know, she's she's family and yep. has been for a while. And Tammy, you know, Tammy's still. I mean, I don't, I don't see any of them. And and uh, talk to them, but don't see them. And and uh, but the thing I miss most are the players. I mean, it's unbelievable that that I did a Zoom call the other day with with uh, every player and their families just to give them an update on hey where we are. Hey, when can you come back? When's you know? Do you get a check? When can you come back? Right. What about parking fees? Hey, how do you how do you how do we enroll for summer and 
uh, 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 fall semester? Is it all going to be online? You know, what, what do you have, you know, what do you have to work out with? Are you getting your stuff? I mean, just, you know, just general things, you know, mm-hmm. what can we can send you nutritionally? What can we send you equipment wise? What can we see, you know, just trying to get them educated on, on how everything works. And amazingly, you know, you hang up saying, God, I miss those guys. And, and I really do. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's something that, that, you know, we've only been gone six weeks, but the way our season ended as most people, you know, Creighton's was the same way, but yeah. the way our season ended, you know, you have such a good year. You have absolutely nothing to show for it. Uh, 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 I don't even know if we got a t-shirt. Maybe we did get a t-shirt. <laughs> for winning the I don't know, but, but there's just not much to show for it or, to, or, to, or actually tell those guys how much you appreciate them for their, for, for all the sacrifices and effort they put in. Couple more things. I'll let you run, Coach. I know you said you don't miss, you know, maybe the process of recruiting, but I've always, I remember you. I want to talk philosophy for a second. Cause I remember you saying this, and I've always wanted to have you elaborate on it. You, you said when you're recruiting a kid, you want to see that kid play great. You want to see him play okay, and then you do want to see a game where they play bad throughout the whole process. Can you elaborate on that? Like, what are you specific specifically looking for in those three instances? Well, well, you know, I, I think there's there's three things you have to have to be a that I look at in recruiting, and it doesn't mean it's you know it's you know obviously there's 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 off the court things, there's character, there there's uh, uh, IQ, there's a lot of things, but but just from a physical standpoint, what I what I look for is explosiveness, quick twitch, can he shoot, and I, I didn't say score, I said shoot, mm-hmm. and, and and then is he tough. And, and sometimes the toughness deal is hard to figure out. But to me, if you get all three of those and you come, if you go to a place that, that, that works with you, you're going to be an all-league player. I, yeah. I, I honestly believe that. Very few people have all three. You, you're one of the very few that possessed all three of those. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. but, 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 but when you want to, when you watch a kid, don't you want to watch him when he plays great so you know what his ceiling is? And don't you want to watch him when he's just okay so you know who he is? And then don't you want to watch him when he's crap so you know what he'll do and how he'll face a little adversity and, and, and what he'll do to still help his team win. Yeah. And, and, and uh, to me, those, those are – now, I'd rather see, see him play great, obviously. Sure. But to me, to me if, if, I, if I was locked in on, on somebody, locked in on you, uh, uh, and let's say I was a little iffy. Uh, uh, now, now, if you recruit Wiggins, it doesn't make any difference. Sure. You know? But but if you're a little iffy, saying, "Oh, geez, does does he fit? Does does can he make us better?" I'd want to see all three of those. Yeah, I really would because you know as well as I do. When you go to college, it ain't about you right. anymore. Right. It's about us. At least with 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 fourteen of the fifteen guys on the roster, at least in their mind, and 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 uh, you know you you got to see. Okay, if it's not about you, how are you a teammate? How what how, what sacrifices are you willing to make? And 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 to me, if if a guy's having a crap game, and 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 I got somebody else that's having a great game, and and uh, uh, he's exhausted, and we're not going to win the game unless he continues to play well, and you're, you're you're so worried about yourself, you can't guard the other team's best player and make 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 him do it every possession. You're a crappy teammate. Yeah. And and, and so I would want to know that. And and so that that means that that would probably be a, a knock against you, at least the way that I see the game. God, that's good. I, I it's pretty amazing, Coach. I think it was it's almost seventeen years ago to the day was when I first met you. Uh, you know, you take the job, uh, 
at Kansas. I was committed to Roy, but I was a, a preferred walk-on, so there was nothing binding me to the program. And I remember I was so terrified that you weren't going to want me. I didn't know what you what you thought of walk-ons, all that stuff. But I'm, I, I remember going into your office being so damn impressed with you. And I'm so glad that that you gave me the green light to come play for you because it's been – the cool thing is is that – I've been able to get the best of both worlds. I felt like I could still be a part of the program, but I still was able to kind of go to Creighton and, and play. Like, you've just done such an amazing job, and I appreciate it so much of, of making me feel like I'm still a part of it, which is, which is ultimately every kid re- what they really want. They just want to be a part of something big. Well, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Jeff Smith was your high school coach. Yep, correct. And, and, and I knew Jeff from his days at, at Nebraska. And, and so, yeah, so he told me you were you – were, you were definitely a, a, a great fit, so that 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 helped right there. But but uh, uh, yeah, that, that you, you were an easy one, Nick. And and uh, uh, I I do think there's there's you you had you probably had more of an impact here in your two years not playing much as many have had in four years. And I would I would say I bet you could say the same thing at Creighton because the things from an intangible standpoint, you know, you can, you can't win without talent. I mean. Talent sure. trumps everything. Uh, tr- I think talent trumps experience. I, I think talent trumps everything. But 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 in order to win at the highest level, you got to have talent. But you can't win without intangibles. And and certainly uh, uh, the things from a from a energy, you know, people can talk about leadership. And you were probably a great leader in your own way at Creighton. And you probably led a little bit with us here. You probably did far more than what I realized you did because. You know, Keith Langford could be a delicate flower sometimes. So we got to make sure we got to make sure that Keith's head was right. I mean, but God, what a player he was! Unbelievable. But but yeah. but, 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 but I, I mean, so so you did more, and trust me, I always knew you did more than probably what I ever told you you did. But the one thing that was so evident is when when you walk into a room, don't you just want to be around people that 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 actually breathe life into it or yeah. bring energy or bring oxygen to it as opposed to. Uh, someone that doesn't and and to me you know you, you can you can't have a you can't win it all with a team full of guys just because they're good guys and stuff like that but you can't win it all unless you have guys like that yeah. and and certainly uh, uh you'd always be welcome here because of that well i appreciate that did i get i'll get you out in this did i get so i you know clearly you saw my little basketball thought of the day i put on on twitter did I get the ice cream Sunday analogy right? No, did I did no, I get it? No. That, that, was, that was almost embarrassing to me as a coach. And you said ice cream Sunday and doggy poop. Uh, 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 that, that, I, 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 seriously, every player that's ever played for me is like, what? So uh, because because you know every team gets the exact same story. So so yeah, that that that, that didn't give me much street cred at all. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in that. Hey hey, and one other thing uh, uh that you haven't brought up uh not mean to do your job but but uh the jayhawks and the blue jays i yeah. guess are going to hook up next year too yeah how do we i mean that's going to be a pretty good one because uh you know creighton's got a got a, oh, they, a couple of guards yeah, good. pretty oh, good, good coach they're good mitchell bollock coming home and, yep. and uh you know he just he just grew up right down the road and 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 then uh, Mac hadn't been back for a while, so so uh, so. But that that'll that'll be uh, that'll, that'll be, fun. be fun. That'll that'll be fun. I'm I'm glad it's in uh, in Lawrence, not that it guarantees <laughs> anything, rather than playing up in Omaha, because I I know it's pretty rabid up there. As but well. you've had a ton of success in that building in Omaha. Punch well, your ticket we, to the final four. Yeah, it. we were going. You know, if we had the tournament, we were going to be in Omaha. Yes, and and uh, 
I love, I love, I love it up there. I think you, I think what, what, you, and maybe it all started from the, I, I don't know enough about it from the, from the college world series, as far as the, 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 the tourism industry, yeah. uh, uh, industry. I, I don't know what started, but it just seems like to me, it's just such a good fit. And, and Omaha is equipped to handle events like that. Very and, much so. Yeah. So, so it's, it's very good. Well, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm already going to start campaigning with, with whoever is broadcasting the game that I'm a part of it in some way, shape or form. In some way, shape, or form, I got to be a part of the broadcast of Creighton, Kansas. Okay. Well, you know, Kai, hey, all I know is it's is a ESPN or a Fox. Game? I'm not sure. That's that's the that's the big question. I, I my guess is they're going to bring in some guy named Jay Billis or some guy named Bill Raftery, and I'm going to be. <laughs> what, what what do they have on you? <laughs> they got nothing on me. They don't know the ice cream sundae analogy. They don't know that. I mean, come on, no, you know. No. Uh, <laughs> they, they they've got nothing on you. They have they have they have. Uh, 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 laid out to two o'clock every morning on on seven consecutive days at Ava Jake's. They don't have anything. <laughs> on I was heartbroken. You might have been. I when I heard Ava Jake's was closed, I was like, I almost needed to go home for a little bit and like and and gather myself emotionally. That was a uh, a lot of good times for Nick Baugh at Ava Jake's, coach. Yeah, okay. I think you weren't the only one. <laughs> I think I think you're right. Hey, coach, this was uh, thirty minutes, man. I appreciate it so much. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan. Stay in touch and. Uh, We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you.